The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davison, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me on this Monday. And, of course, it is Monday, which means we talk a little football with my friend Pat Batchelor, morning anchor at WDET in Detroit. Somebody I've been talking about football with for many, many years. Hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great and and glad uh, that I'm not impacted by this virus the way that the NFL seems to have been. What a bizarre weekend uh, in terms of the things that we are seeing, uh, postponements of games, uh, quarter people playing quarterback that haven't played quarterback in a long time, talk of actually having coaches play in games. This is a very strange situation we find ourselves in. Uh, a game was postponed from Thanksgiving Day uh, to tomorrow night, and it still might not get played. We'll get into all of this, uh, but we really should talk about the big story of the week. The Lions, of course, lost on Thanksgiving. It was a bad loss. Uh, they looked disinterested, ugly. Uh, you could see on the owner's face a level of embarrassment, and she basically came through on a promise she made last year that if the Lions were not going to be playing meaningful games in December this season, there would be a change. And sure enough, there was. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn both axed. Yeah, uh, and it, it was only a matter of time. I mean, when you look at the records uh, that uh, they had both put up over the last uh, two-plus seasons, uh, it, it the writing was on the wall. I mean, it isn't just that they're losing games. It's that they're, they're so depleted uh, in terms of uh, injuries, but also in terms of interest. I mean, it's like they don't they're just going through the motions out there. Uh, the thing that surprised me most is not that they were fired, but the immediate reaction from former Lions, uh, guys who played for Matt Patricia uh, and then were no longer uh, part of the team, you know, just almost like taking a victory lap, just dunking on him. Uh, you know, I mean, we knew that we knew that there were you know, we had certainly heard that there were uh, problems uh, between him and the players. Uh, you know, he ruffled uh, some feathers the wrong way when he came in. But uh, that was just surprising to see, uh, even in the age of Twitter, just, you know, how universally reviled uh, he seemed to be uh, by uh, former players. Uh, well, yeah, and, and that's the thing, because he didn't have that reputation when he was in New England that I'm aware of. Uh, but when he came in as head coach, maybe just sort of a bull in a china shop kind of a situation. And, and these are pro athletes. These are not college kids that are going to basically, you know, say how high every time you tell them to jump. Pro athletes, they've got their own things that they're worried about. And it takes a different sort of style to, to get through to them and motivate them. Yeah, you ask these guys uh, to jump, uh, they won't say how high. They'll say, call my agent to find out how high. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a different atmosphere to be sure. Um, but you know, just Daryl Bevel's uh, going to take over for the uh, rest of the season. We'll see what happens uh, from there. And, you know, uh, 
give the owner credit to Sheila Ford Hemp. She knew what she had to do. She didn't uh, drag it out too long. Um, you know, I think there were people who were calling for him to be fired on Thanksgiving Day itself, but you know, perhaps she just perhaps she just wanted to give them a little time to, you know, at least uh, not ruin their holiday, uh, but then get back to business as soon as the holiday is over. Um, and I mean, well, it, I, I, one of the questions I have about this, though, is like you and I were talking last week and saying they probably wouldn't be fired till the end of the season. Um, is there an advantage to doing it now um, as opposed to waiting till the end of the season? Because there are going to be there are changes every year in the coaching world uh, and a bunch of teams will be looking at the end of the season. Uh, does it make a difference? It might make a difference uh, in terms of uh, what, in terms of the search itself. I mean, it doesn't make any difference uh, for the team. Uh, you know, Daryl Bevel's still there to provide some continuity, but uh, they're, they're not really going to win too many more games uh, if they, uh, if they win any. Uh, so it won't make too much of a difference on the field. Uh, if it makes a different at all, a difference at all, it would be that it gives Sheila Ford Hamp and, uh, uh, and Ron Wood uh, time to start searching, time to start looking at assistants who are still playing uh, and, uh, and, and, and really try to evaluate over the next several weeks uh, who they want to look at, who they want to interview uh, when, uh, uh, when the season is over. Um, you know, so uh, they, they, if they do their due diligence, I mean, there are, there were a number of potentially qualified candidates out there. Uh, I think they want to take the take the time, see how the rest of the season plays out, see how these assistants interact with their uh, with their players uh, between now and then, what kind of results they get, uh, do and and talk with people who know these assistants. I mean, they've got plenty of time now. Uh, I believe there's like maybe five weeks uh, uh, left in the regular season. And give them enough time to talk with uh, NFL insiders, uh, people who uh, know the game, uh, and, uh, and, and, and ask questions about potential candidates, not only for the head coaching job, but for the general manager's job. And that's where they're going to start. I mean, you have to start with the GM first, because the GM ultimately is going to uh, pick the next head coach. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of those things that a lot of people can talk about coaches and look, even Congresswoman Debbie Dingle was chiming in on, on who the next coach <laughs> of the Lions should be yesterday on Twitter. Um, she was talking about uh, Mr. Uh, Sala, who's of course uh, from Dearborn, um, which is the, her district. Uh, so mm -hmm. that made a little bit of sense, but he's sure. the, I believe the defensive coordinator for the 49ers right now. Yes. Uh, went to Northern Michigan university. There's a lot of speculation about him. Apparently he was the runner up for the Browns job last year. But again, this is all speculation at this point in time. Right. Uh, you know, other names that have been bandied about, uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he seems to be on everybody's short list uh, as, a, as a head coaching candidate. Uh, Robert, Sala, uh, uh, Robert Sala, who you mentioned, a defensive coordinator for the uh, uh, 49ers. Uh, you know, they're all, uh, the, I, I see a lot of stories already being written about what a great homecoming it would be for him, you know, because he grew up around here. And uh, as you said, played at uh, Northern Michigan. Uh, he does have a pretty good reputation as a coordinator. Uh, he's, uh, he's an enthusiastic guy, uh, seems to be a player's coach. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, there are you know, they're, they're also GM candidates to look at. Well, one of the things that struck me was that uh, Herman Moore, 
uh, wide receiver who used to play for the Lions uh, put his recommendation out there. He'd like to see the Lions interview and ultimately hire Chris Spielman as their general manager. Uh, he listed uh, a number of reasons why. Seems to me that uh, we've been down that road before, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, where where you a defensive you, standout becomes general, for, a TV guy, then becomes general manager. Yeah, I think yeah, Matt Millen is what we're talking yeah, about. Here. I don't, I don't think we want to go that route again. Um, you know, and 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 I, I love Chris Spielman. I mean, I he was a he was a fabulous player. Um, you know, uh, but you know. I, I don't know. Maybe he has. Maybe he has more insight than Matt Millen. But I just don't think that's a mistake. They want to take the chance of repeating. Yeah. No. I, I. I get that. And you know, it's just it's it's not going to be an easy fix. Uh, so I mean, this is the thing for Lions fans though that is so frustrating because now you're basically saying, all right, we're going to do this. It's like don't have any expectation of winning anytime soon. It's just, you know, the same thing over and over again for Lions. And it's just another trip around the sun, I guess. And it just means time for a new coach, new general manager, and it's not going to make a difference. Yeah, no, it's it's rebuilding uh, twenty version twenty three point oh. You know, exactly. I mean, uh, just like a, a, a your your basic update that uh, doesn't uh, you know that doesn't overhaul anything really. Um, you know, there. I mean, there's a track record here: fifty seven years uh, of uh, the same ownership structure. Uh, William Clay Ford, then Martha Firestone Ford, now Sheila Ford Hamp. I mean, maybe she has learned lessons. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she's not going to do it the way uh, that uh, that her parents did. Uh, maybe this will work. There's just no evidence to suggest that it will. Um, you know, we've mentioned uh, some of the coaching candidates uh, uh, like uh, Eric Bieniemy and Robert Sala and uh, Joe Brady, another assistant coach. Uh, you know, they could hire Mike Brady. Uh, I don't think it would make much of a difference um, because because the, the track record just is not there um, of, of, of successful hires. Um, we, we cannot, we, we, or, or, well, you know, maybe Jan Brady, Marsha, 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 who knows? But, um, you know, I mean, it just, until- uh, They could have the we, silver platters at the halftime show. Yeah. Or, oh, sorry or up about with, that. Or, or a Brady Bunch humor. Yeah, sorry, or kids. up with people. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, the- uh, yeah, as long as they don't get stuck in a snowstorm uh, on I-75, um, we're going way. We're we're taking a ride in the way back. That would be the 1982 Super Bowl. Yeah, at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yes. Right. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, we'll. You know, we can only just wait and see what happens. But if they if they do it right, I mean, you have to start. You have to start building a foundation. And if they hire the right people. Uh, you know, in a few years, maybe it works and maybe they become a consistent uh, playoff contender. It just depends on, it just depends on whether people have the patience for it. I mean, you're starting, you're starting from the bottom here. Um, well, and, and, and you know that's, what, though, the advantage, but, that's the advantage that whoever's coming in has is that they're starting at the bottom. They're not starting at a team, you know, they were nine and seven uh, when they fired Jim Caldwell. Uh, and, and the expectation was that uh, Patricia and Bob Quinn would take them above that. Well, it went the other way. Well, uh, you know, Pat, though, the, the obvious question here then is if you're going to have a new GM, new coach, right. uh, you're likely going to have a pretty decent draft pick. Is it time to move Matt Stafford? Uh, give Matt Stafford a chance to go play for somebody that may be going somewhere. You can't move him now, but, you know, offseason, I think it might be time. 
Well, maybe, but the problem is uh, you got to have somebody in there. Uh, I mean, unless unless you're figuring on starting a rookie quarterback. Uh, but, but why not at this point? I mean, look, you know, the Browns are doing it. The Bengals are doing it. They, You know, the last couple of years they got these young guys. Uh, and, and Matt Stafford started as a rookie. I mean, you know, why not? Well, yeah, it depends on who they draft and who their coach is. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it is. If they can move the contract, uh, I don't know what kind of a salary cap hit they would take for that. Uh, you know, how much of that, how much of that contract they would have to eat in order to move him? Because whoever picks him up, you know, I mean, that's a big contract. Uh, yeah, you know. but it's it's not as big as you're gonna. You know, anybody on the free agent market right now is going to cost you more than Matt Stafford's contract is. Um, if you want somebody that could make a team decent, I mean, you know, why wouldn't somebody like the Cowboys who are looking at a real quarterback problem with Dak Prescott, he, he may not come back from, from what he's got going on. I mean, wouldn't they want to take a chance on some guy that maybe finish up his career? Cause they've got some talent there. Yeah. It depends on what they're willing to give up though. Uh, and it also depends on, I mean, the, unless the lions, even if the lions were to lose out, finish four and 12, that's not going to be good enough to get into the top two. Uh, where you're looking at uh, drafting Trevor Lawrence or uh, 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 Justin Fields. Yeah. Uh, those are the guy, those are franchise type quarterbacks. After that, I don't know what they've got uh, as far as uh, available college quarterbacks. I don't follow, uh, I don't follow the, the, the college game that closely to, to see who is out there. But, um, you know, uh, if, if if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route, you you've got to be prepared to trade up, which means sacrificing future draft picks uh, to 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 get that franchise quarterback. I mean, it it, it sounds easy, but I mean, unless you're gonna get a guy like uh, Lawrence or Fields, I don't know how you you know I don't know how you move Matt Stafford yeah. if if you're not gonna replace him with a guy who's gonna be that you, that you know is gonna be a franchise type quarterback like Joe Burrow, for example. Well, hey, you know, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick, so true, you, ne- true. you never you never know. Well, hey, let's let's move on for just a second because, you know, I was looking at this. I really, really wanted to watch the Denver Broncos play the New Orleans Saints yesterday. Denver had a situation in which all four of their quarterbacks got caught up in the COVID protocol because they had close exposure to somebody with COVID. They didn't have a quarterback uh, on the roster yesterday, so they pull a wide receiver off the practice squad who played quarterback a little bit in college but only in his like freshman year, they were talking about bringing in an assistant coach to play quarterback because they knew the offense. This ended the way I expected it to 12 passing yards for the Denver Broncos <laughs> yesterday in the whole game. I mean, I'm, if there's not a cause to forfeit a game, I don't know what it would be. There was no point in playing this game. It was 31 to three. The saints basically just toyed with them all day. They didn't have to do anything. Uh, because Denver couldn't move the ball. They had 112 yards total offense. A hundred of that was on the ground because they ran it so many times. It was just, there was no point in playing this game. It seems the NFL should have stepped in and postponed it or canceled it or, or had them forfeit. Well, yeah. Or, uh, you know, the, the question is how much does that cost them in ad revenue? You know, I mean, they're not getting any kind of, uh, uh, they're not getting any kind of revenue at the, at the turnstiles in terms of ticket sales. Uh, you know, you cancel a game, uh, how much more of a hit do you take financially? Uh, but I agree. I think, it, I don't think they, sh- I, I don't think it should have come to that. I mean, it, 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 it was, I mean, for, for an organization like the NFL, uh, that was pretty XFL <laughs> or, <laughs> Or, or worse, you know, pretty arena league, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, I, it was, 
this is an amateur hour. You know, you can't just pull, you can't just pull somebody off the street and expect them to throw 300 yards, or in this case, even 13 10. yards. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, uh, you're lucky if you get 10. You know, I, I mean, the poor guy. Uh, give him credit. I mean, you know, he was asked to do the impossible, and you know, he went out there and he took one for the team. You know, very you know, good character story, I guess. But he finished the game with the lowest possible quarterback rating you can get, which is zero. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Zero. It was. I mean, it was. It was terrible. Um, you know, and like I said, the Saints knew what they were going to do. They knew they're going to run it every single play. It's yeah. really not hard to defend if you know what they're going to do every play. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like, oh, you're going to run it. Okay, we'll put a bunch of guys up here to stop the run. And they yeah. did. And, I mean, if I'm in the division with the Saints, right, I'm complaining about this. Yeah. Because that's not a fair fight. Yeah. Um, you know, granted, I mean, sometimes some teams just stink like the Lions. And, you know, it's just, hey, you, you're lucky that you could just get to play a bad team. But this was a different circumstance. This was, you know, the, the Broncos, they're not great. They're four and seven, but they're competitive most weeks. This was not a competitive game. And it seems like this is the kind of thing that diminishes this whole season. I mean, there should just be a giant asterisk on this whole thing. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, also, we were deprived of a good game on Thursday night. We had a lousy game with the Lions. Um, but the, the game between the uh, undefeated Steelers and the Ravens, was postponed until tomorrow. We still may not get to see that game. There's still talk about possibly forcing the Ravens to forfeit because they have violated the protocol so badly. Right, and that would uh, uh, that would give that would put the Steelers at 11 and 0. I, I I'm you know I didn't know the Steelers were going to be that good this year. Um, as good as the Kansas City Chiefs are, uh, the, uh, the the Steelers. I mean, they're just playing out of their minds this year. Uh, be interesting to see how the uh, AFC Championship game plays out uh, if we end up with uh, Steelers and uh, uh, and Chiefs. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it'll be tomorrow night. Maybe not. Um... All right. Well, the NFL's clearly got its COVID issues right now. Uh, they're trying to work some things out. All the stadiums shut down today, with the exception of the one that's hosting the Monday night football game. It's, it's really strange to see what, how they're trying to deal with this. I mean, the NBA and the NHL handled their playoff situation so beautifully uh, for, yep. with COVID. But now with this spike that we're getting, the NFL's running into some reality here. Uh, all right. Let's just talk about the other elephant in the room. And that would be the future of Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan football team, a lackluster performance at best at home against Penn State, an un, a winless Penn State team, which is weird enough as it is, but Michigan just, they didn't look like they even cared. No, uh, and, and the, you know, we may be seeing, it may be that the same issues are in play there that, uh, that were uh, in play in the Lions locker room. Uh, Charles Stuber, uh, who plays uh, uh, offensive line for Michigan, was asked about the culture uh, in the program right now, and he deflected the questions. He basically said, you know, this is speculation by people who aren't inside the program, who don't see us practice, don't see us work, uh, see the effort we put in. But clearly there's a disconnect between the coaches and the players. Uh, whatever, ha whatever is happening in practice, it's not happening on the field. Uh, players look lost. Coaches look tentative. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the fact that Penn State came into the game winless. Uh, Michigan is winless at home, and when they lose to Maryland on Saturday, uh, this will be the first time in the history of Michigan football that they have never won a home game in a season. Um, you know, I mean, this, it's a disaster. I mean, the Jim Arbonne, 
the, the program was a mess when he came in. Uh, he fixed it, you know, short term for a little bit. But I mean, this, it is so bad right now. It kind of makes you long for the days of Rich Rodriguez. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't think it could possibly ever get that bad again. But I mean, it just, the, the, this program is, I don't, it hasn't even hit bottom yet because there's still, you know, there's still the Ohio State route. Uh, well, that, and, and boy, that's looking like it could be ugly. And you know what? I, Ohio State doesn't care that Michigan's no. bad. They will no, pummel that, them. They will pummel them and pummel them and pummel them. And I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to put up a hundred on them if they had the opportunity. I'm not suggesting they will. But the way Michigan's defense is playing, their secondary is so bad right now. Ohio State is just going to torch them. I, I mean, it, it's. I don't think I'm going to watch. I do. I honestly think I will not watch that game for the first time in my life. Uh, I guess, assuming, you know, of course, yeah. Assuming, of course, Ohio State is playing by then. Uh, well, they did not play against Illinois uh, because of uh, their own COVID issues. Uh, we'll see if they play Michigan State this weekend. Um, if you know, I mean, Ohio State's going to do everything they can to try to play these last two games uh, because if they, if they, if they, they've already had two games canceled. If they lose another one, they might not be eligible for the Big Ten championship game. Yep. Uh, and you know, uh, and and then that would come down to likely Indiana versus whoever wins the West. We thought it was going to be Northwestern, and it still might be. Hey, good good on Sparty for yeah. beating him up the other day. I mean, that yeah. was uh, Michigan State showing me that uh, you know they they've got some fight in them. Yeah, Mel Tucker uh, came in uh, in February. I mean, he was behind the eight ball with uh, you know with with having to catch up and get to know these players. Um, he's already won a rivalry game. He's already beaten a top 10 team. I mean, he's accomplished more in five games than Jim Harbaugh has accomplished in six years at Michigan. I mean, you know, what does that tell you? Um, and, and, and if you're Michigan, I mean, if, if this were a normal year, uh, their regular season would already be over. Uh, they would have already gotten blown out by Ohio State uh, over the weekend. And this would be the time that, uh, you know, that normally if a coaching change is going to be made, this is when an athletic director would do it. I think what you do is, you know, if, and, and I don't know what, I don't know what Ward Manuel was waiting for, frankly. I mean, what more do you need to see? Uh, I, I'm just not sure he has the guts to make the move, uh, to tell you the truth. And, but but what I would do if I were in his position is not only would I not only would I fire Harbaugh and the rest and his entire staff I'd cancel the last two games of the season because you're they're they're going to be losses anyway. Bring a coach in, hire somebody within two weeks, and let that guy uh, start getting on the recruiting trail before everyone else does. <laughs> and, canceling, uh, and, and canceling that last game of the season against Ohio State would deprive Ohio State of a chance at the playoff. Which um, yeah, well. I don't know. I don't think they'd take too kindly to that. Oh, who, who cares what Ohio State wants? I, I don't disagree. <laughs> Either way, it's not a good time uh, to be a Michigan fan. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's been painful to watch. I, I, don't, I just don't see how you keep Jim Harbaugh on at this point. And, I, and it, it, he can't. He's, he's lost something. Uh, maybe he's got problems. I don't know. Uh, but it's just, it's not there at no, all. No, it's, there, there has to be a change. And you know, whatever the, and I expect that there will be, I do not expect Jim Harbaugh to be on the sidelines in Ann Arbor next year. Uh, and I hope that, that what's going to have to happen is that, you know, Michigan needs to, 
open up to the possibility of innovating, finding somebody who's innovative. Uh, you know, don't look for don't look for somebody who's committed to the Michigan way because the Michigan way doesn't work anymore. It hasn't worked in a long time. It's and it's not going to work. Um, you know, we're, we'll hear whoever they hire. We'll hear a lot about finding somebody who will win the right way. But in today's college football, there is no wrong way to win. Uh, you know, winning is in and of itself the the, the means and the end. Uh, and while that may open up some questions about, uh, you know, the the senior side of of being successful in college football, what, what choice do you have? Either you're committed to winning at all costs, or you're not committed to winning at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I see it. Well, I'll tell you what. One team in the state is undefeated, and that is the Western Michigan Broncos. Beat Northern mm-hmm. Illinois 30-27 to in another exciting game the other day. I'm telling you what, the MAC, that's, uh, those are the games I'm watching. Yeah, I don't know if you watched the Buffalo game the other day. I did not. Oh, God. Okay. Let me pull up the stats here for you just a second because there's a running back over at the University of Buffalo. All right, so, so Pat, the MAC is the most exciting football to watch right now. These games are all fun. They're all high-scoring affairs. It's back and forth. It's great stuff. But this kid, Jarrett Patterson, um, hopefully people are paying attention because last week he had 300 yards rushing in a game. This week... 36 carries, 409 yards, eight touchdowns. What? Wouldn't you like <laughs> to have them on your fantasy team? Well, can you imagine? Uh, I don't know what those numbers would be. It would just be off the charts. But, yeah, so this guy in two weeks has run uh, for 700-plus yards, and I think he had four touchdowns last week. So that's 12 touchdowns in two weeks. Jarrett Patterson, uh, this is a guy to watch. The University of Buffalo Bisons, uh there's somebody. They're undefeated on the other side. So the MAC championship, if it actually happens, could be uh, Western Michigan versus the University of Buffalo. That could be a great game to watch. Indeed it could. Anyway, well, we'll have to leave it right there. Pat, we always appreciate it. Uh, have a good week. And, man, maybe we'll, maybe we'll start to see some sort of uh, indication where Michigan's leaning soon. But uh, they've got to pull the trigger pretty quick, I think. I, I agree. All right. Well, we'll let it go there. See you, bud. See ya. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com membership.